Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Faith is always active and productive. It's not something private. It's not, I used to hear that all the time. You know, it's not something that's just between me and God. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know why I can say that with authority? Because he said so. He said so. No, it's not all about you. It's not some little private thing that you can keep between you and Jesus. No, no. It will always be active. It will always produce fruit. Is your faith active and productive? In today's message, Pastor Robert will remind you that God is not stagnant, and neither should your faith be stagnant. Your relationship with the Lord is not just a small section of your life. Jesus wants and needs to permeate every individual nook and cranny of your life. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 9 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Rabbi from Nazareth, this teacher from Nazareth, and and, and he's healing people and he's doing these miracles. and, And so, you know, lots of people came around. So many people that it became utterly impossible to even get close to Jesus. Mark says you couldn't even get close to the door. But there were four men who apparently were just absolutely determined to bring this paralyzed individual to Jesus. Now, point number one, out of the three, I'm going to run through real quickly about following Christ. Point number one is that faith is always active and productive. It's not something private. It's not, I used to hear that all the time. You know, it's not something that's just between me and God. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know why I can say that with authority? Because he said so. He said so. No, it's not all about you. It's not some little private thing that you can keep between you and Jesus. No. No. It will always be active. It will always produce fruit. People will be able to see it. These four anonymous men had faith that just one encounter with Jesus could change everything for this paralytic. And it did, clearly. And they climbed up onto the roof of the house. Think about that now. I mean, really. You got a crowd of people. Jesus is there. He's sitting in the middle, you know, or whatever, preaching the word of God. And then all of a sudden, stuff starts dropping out of the ceiling. And people are like, what is, and as they look up, they, you know, see some guy's face looking back at them. And then a the bed drops down. They lower this guy on, on a stretcher into the middle of the room. I mean, we think the fire trucks are bad. But think about that for a minute. The chaos that it would have produced in this room filled with people and this, you know, 
rabbi who does a miraculous, and they've all come to hear from him. And what are you doing? Right? Making a mess. But it was the way Jesus responded that caused the biggest commotion of all. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. Which is ironic because that was blasphemy. Webster's defines blasphemy as the act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God. Let that soak in. Think about that. The act of insulting or showing contempt or lack of reverence for God. They were guilty of that. Everybody look at me. You're guilty of that. And so am I. But something we need to deal with in our own hearts. But then the second thing Webster says, the act of claiming the attributes of a deity. See, that's why the scribes accused Jesus of blasphemy because they recognized he was claiming the attributes of God. He was claiming to be almighty God in human form. And they got it. This man blasphemes. They rejected him. And so what did he do next? He gave them evidence. I love the way he did this. You know, a lot of times we think Christianity, the way it's presented, oh, you just have to have faith. You know, like, oh, you just listen. It doesn't make a bit of sense. You just got to believe it. You, you, you can't think this stuff through. It's because it's, it's totally irrational. I mean, no, you have to think it through. He gave us evidence. The Bible says after the resurrection, he spent 40 days teaching people physically. Do you understand? He would eat with them. He would sit with them and talk and teach. The apostle Paul tells us at one point there were more than 500 of them in one place at one time. Now think about that. There's like, I don't know, 150 probably in this building right now. 500 people in one place at one time. Now, okay, just quick, stupid question. Anybody looking at me, anybody sitting here, anybody not believe that I'm here? Right? I'm here, right? Everybody agree, I'm here. This is me. I mean, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a hologram or something. You understand they all knew Jesus was there. He didn't even have a microphone because they had not been invented yet. They knew he was there. And Paul said a lot of them are still alive. A few of them have fallen asleep. In other words, a few of them have died. But a lot of them are still around. In other words, he was daring those to whom he was writing to check me out on this. You don't believe me? Listen, most of them are still alive. You can ask them for yourself. There's evidence. Jesus gave them evidence in support of his claim to be God in the flesh. Which is harder? For me to say your sins are forgiven or to say to this guy, take up your bed and go home. Everybody knew he was paralyzed. This wasn't some stranger. They knew he wasn't a plant. You see what I, you know what I mean? Capernaum wasn't that big a place. You can go there if you go with us to Israel. The archaeological, you know, the, the, they've excavated. You can see the, the synagogue. You can see the place. 
see the house where they believe this may have taken place, right by the synagogue. Jesus gave them evidence. He healed the paralytic in front of him. This lame person who couldn't get up off his bed all of a sudden could and did. And the scribes were eyewitnesses to the fulfillment of messianic prophecies. For example, Isaiah chapter 35 verse 4. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the rep recompense of God he will come and save you then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped then the lame shall leap like a deer Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 16 the prophet Zephaniah wrote in that day it shall be said to Jerusalem do not fear Zion let not your hands be weak the Lord your God in your midst the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who were among you, to whom, it is a, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and, those, and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I'll bring you back, even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. Now, later on, see that the rabbis knew this stuff. These scribes, they, they knew the prophecies about Messiah. They knew that one of the marks was that he would heal the lame and the blind. And so John the Baptist was in prison. And the things that he thought were going to begin to happen when Jesus showed up didn't begin to happen. And so he sent some of his disciples to go and ask, are you the guy, or we should be looking for somebody else here? I mean, are you the Messiah or not? And Jesus sent an answer to John in Luke chapter 7, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard. Evidence. Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. He said, go tell John, to, go give him the evidence. We're so glad you tuned in to Main Thing Radio today. We'd like to encourage you to continue reading God's Word daily, looking for the powerful truth and the promises that lie within its pages. There's always something to learn from the Bible, and we hope you'll make it a part of your daily routine. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Robert's teachings from the book of Matthew, you'll find them at MainThingRadio.com. You'll also learn more about this ministry and connect with us on social media. We also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Here's Tracy to tell you more. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. We also want to invite you to join us for worship this weekend. Come visit Calvary Miami Beach on Sunday for worship and Bible study. Or join us online as we live stream. 
you'll be able to find out all you need to know by clicking on Calvary Miami Beach under About at our website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Robert next time right here on Main Thing Radio.